you're about to listen to another great show on the Four Eyed Radio Network. To listen to other shows just like this, go to foureyedradio.com. Like our show, Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast. Where we talk everything and anything about Pokemon. Learn something new. Like, did you know that every Pokemon card is misprinted on the back? The ball centerpiece opens on the wrong side. <laughs> what? I'm going to have to check that out. But yeah, you can learn stuff like that, which I just learned right now. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. Need any of them and I'll Hello? set them aside for you. Hi, AP. Hi, AP. Hello. Hi, how are you? Hello. Can you hear can, us? Can you not hear Hello? us? Hello. 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 <laughs> oh, dear. Not again. But can you hear me? All right. Yes. Yes. Well, oh, she's well. not going to hear us. <laughs> okay, that's that's. I guess that's the important part. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the important part would be her hearing us. This is going to be a totally one-sided podcast. This is going to be like, we're going to make jokes about the show, and she's just going to be making the same jokes. We wouldn't even get to that point. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So I was looking for the episode today, and I was confused because some websites have it listed as episode 26. Some episodes have it listed as 25. We'll, we'll talk about that. Oh, okay. It's another one of those interesting trivia things. I really should just read the show notes before <laughs> I have to actually, like, get surprised by them, huh? <laughs> what? Activate well, the stop. Interface. Ugh. I hate Netflix. Last night we just ended up teaching Chris how to play. Which um, Chris? Uh, Chris uh, Long. Long. Oh, Chris Long. Yeah. Okay. There's too many Chris's in the fandom, remember? <laughs> I just realized that our library system has a lot of the issues on their like e-book checkout system that they just added. Oh, wow. So I've been kind of slowly going through some like major volumes through there. Um, Oh, cool. That's cool. Like I just finished, what was it? I finished Soul of the Dragon not too long ago. Um, Nice. And that one was actually, that was better than I thought it would be. Um, not that I was expecting it to be bad, but, like, it was surprisingly good. Out of the three of them, it's probably the best one. Out of the three original graphic novels that they've done so far, that's probably mm-hmm. the best. I, I just loved how they um they tied multiple seasons together, and it's, yep. like, it was focused on Tommy, but, like, still had a lot more to it. It wasn't just solely building him up, and it was more about, like, the grand scheme of things around mm-hmm. him, and I appreciated that. Yeah, that's why I like that it was actually set in the TV show continuity because mm-hmm. it went into the future and, you know, SPD is already established and all that. Like the SPD cameos and like just the world building they did in that graphic novel. That's why I love that one so much. Yeah. It's really good. And now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Ay, 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 ay. It's the Ranger Command Power Hour. Today on the Power Hour Extra, episode 68, Rangers Commentary, Life's a Masquerade, and some other news. Recorded on October 28th, 2020. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. 
It's time to Ranger Up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. And I'm Zach, also known as Hollywood. This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Chris P., Steve F., Doug F., AJW, Tyler W., Tyler B., Tyler D., Eric D., Jacob P., Steve M., Liz M., Craig M., Callum M., Mason M., Hassan A., Bo H., Raheem Y., Derek G., and Teresa B. for supporting us this month. How y'all doing? It's been a bit bit of an adventure to get this episode going. (laughs) Yeah. And it's also just been a month. It's It's been a month. Yeah, it's been a month. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's Wednesday. <laughs> oh. It's been a month. <laughs> yeah, so this is a Halloween-based episode. We picked Life's a Masquerade, which is the OG Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the first Halloween special related thing that they ever did. So that's what we are doing our commentary on. But first, there are some major news items that we definitely should talk about, at least for a little bit. Oh, yeah. So first off, just to get some comics news out of the way, Draken New Dawn Issue 3 And the original graphic novel for Power Rangers, Sins of the Future, both are out now. You can check out our spoiler-free reviews on our website. Those out, you can see the cover, any of the preview pages, all of that. The second comics-related thing is, like the past few years, Power Rangers has participated in local comic shop day. And usually what they've done in the past, because I've had both releases of it, they always do like a comic shop day box for Power Rangers, which includes one of the hardcover volumes and then like an exclusive cover for one of the newer issues and then a mix of different variants. So it's it's a box of five regular comics and then the hardcover Well, this year, because of the pandemic and everything that's going on, they're not doing that. But what they are doing, uh, Boom Studios is going to release foil variant covers for local comic shop day. These are available exclusively through participating comic book shops Wednesday, November 25th. So a month from now. And two of the covers are Power Rangers related. So Mighty Morphin 1, they're doing a foil version of the Goni Montez Lord Draken cover. And then for Power Rangers number 1, they're doing the Peach Momoko foil for the Red Omega Ranger, Jason. This is really cool. If your comic shop, what the great thing about local comic shop day is that any comic shop can participate in this. All they need to do is order these comics and they'll have them available. So if you want the special foil variant covers, Boom Studios also has three other of their series, Dune, House Atreides, Issue 2, Lumberjanes 75, and Someone is Killing the Children, Number 1, which is a special reprint of the first issue, and that series is taken off for them. So five covers from Boom, Two are related to Power Rangers and both number one. So if you're into the variants like I am and 
this might be an easier way to get both of these specific covers because I know for each of these, I think they're like the one in 25 ratioed variant. So if your comic shop doesn't order a lot, you may miss out on this variant. The foil variant, it's just a nice way to still get this edition of the cover, but with an added foil effect. And don't miss the super special AP variant of the Power Rangers comic posted on my Twitter account. Oh yeah, pick that up. Pick that one up. <laughs> I will sign it. It's it top art right there. <laughs> if no one gets that, definitely check out our, our Twitter accounts for that. But huge, huge news that I at least wanted to talk about. I know usually when news like this happens, we call like a big round table. There's not a lot here concrete that we can talk about. But I did want to get our initial reactions. We also asked our listeners in Ranger Nation to provide their comments, which we'll read through before we do the episode commentary. So first off, Jonathan Entwistle signs on to reimagine new film and television universe based on Hasbro's Power Rangers. So you can go to our site and see the official press release. I know it was uh, the Hollywood Reporter and Deadline that initially reported that news last week on October 20th. So from the official press release from our site, further driving forward E1 strategy to produce wide appeal film and television content for Hasbro's rich library of world-class IP. Producer and director Jonathan Entwistle has come on board to shepherd new film and television adaptations of Power Rangers. E1 will develop and produce the projects with Entwistle set to direct across both formats. Uh, Jonathan has an incredible vision for this iconic and hugely successful franchise and is hands down the right architect to join us as we reimagine the television and film worlds of this property, said Nick Meyer, president of film at E1. And Michael Lombardo, president of global television at E1, said across our slate, we are looking forward to working with the most talented storytellers as we take on Hasbro's rich fan favorite brands and build entertainment universes around them. Entwistle said, this is an unbelievable opportunity to deliver new Power Rangers to both new and existing generations of awaiting and adoring fans. We'll bring the spirit of analog into the future, harnessing the action and storytelling that made this brand a success. I'm looking forward to working with the teams of E1 and Hasbro. Together, we can't wait to share more Power Rangers with the world very soon. If you don't know Jonathan Entwistle, he most recently co-created the Netflix original series, I Am Not Okay With This, and created the Netflix original series, the end of the effing world. He's a graduate of the prestigious Chelsea School of Art in London and is represented by CAA 42, Grandview, and Jackaway, Austin, Tireman, Weimar, blah, blah, blah. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. Um, so, yeah, then there's some other press release stuff. From Hollywood Reporter, who did the original exclusive, Power Rangers feature was previously in development by 
Entwistle at Paramount, but now the reins have been taken by E1 while Entwistle's involvement will deepen. He will act as a conductor of a connected story universe that will bridge multiple platforms. In addition to all that announcement, like two days later, Insider was interviewing Entwistle about the cancellations over one of the shows at Netflix, and Power Rangers came up. So I am not okay with this. The show on Netflix that Entwistle created, that was recently canceled at Netflix, and they interviewed him about that. Again, we'll have links to all of these in our show notes. But there was one question that they asked on Insider. They talk about fandom. So it's like from the fandom standpoint, blah, 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 how there's an emotional cost to these cancellations. It might not be a financial cost to Netflix yet because yada, yada. So his response was, it's interesting because now I am running the new Power Rangers reboot universe from scratch. Right now, I'm mapping out a whole new world of movies and television and animation. I'm very acutely aware of the fandom versus delivering what people expect while still doing something cool and new, but without reinventing the wheels. So these conversations are definitely fascinating from a sense of building fandoms and destroying them as it pleases. Then he goes on to talk about filmmaking and stuff in general. Mm. All right, that was a lot to take in. So <laughs> the only other piece of news was that there was an earnings call for Hasbro earlier this week. Brian Goldner mentioned that Entwistle will be handling the development of both live action television around Power Rangers in addition to the kids-oriented TV show that's in its 27th season. We'll also be working on a live action film. So to break that down, there's going to be a new live-action Power Rangers movie created by E1 and Paramount, a new animated Power Rangers television series, a continuation of the current live-action Power Rangers series, and then a new live-action Power Rangers television series for older, like an older demographic. It was in one of these where they kind of mentioned the words kid versus non-kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can't find that. Like, I know everyone was kind of talking about that. Was it in another press release I didn't grab? Because everyone was going nuts about that particular quote. Like, what's non-kid mean? And I think it was in the press release on our site. Because I remember it being like at the end of whatever press release it was. That's right. Sorry, my bad. At the end of the press release, it says in 2018, Hasbro acquired the Power Rangers franchise from Saban Brands, releasing their first products in early 2019. In addition to the new non-kid projects under Entwistle, Power Rangers-inspired kid series Beast Morphers is currently in Season 2. So that was the part where they mentioned that they gave a hint that Entwistle's projects are focused on an older demographic, which Power Rangers has done before. Like what we had in our interview with Jason Bischoff, you know, he was saying that a season like Time Force, that's very obviously geared towards maybe the 8 to 11 demographic for kids. And then maybe more recent seasons are geared towards the 3 to 6 demographic. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. And people were like, well, why does it say Power Rangers inspired kid series Beast Morphers? Like, it's not inspired. It is Power Rangers. I can tell you 
these press releases, it's probably some marketing speak from a person who doesn't even watch Power Rangers. Yeah, it sounds like it. I wouldn't put too much stock into Power Rangers inspired. I think they just mean they're essentially saying in addition to the demographic, the non-kid demographic or the older Mm -hmm. child demographic under Entwistle, there's also a current younger kid demographic. I think that's what they were trying to say. Yeah. That's a lot to take in. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to get our initial impressions on this and I don't know. I've been talking a while. So if one of you wants to just kind of jump in, go for it. As someone who loved the series, I am not okay with this. Mm -hmm. It was probably one of the best things I've ever watched. It was so shockingly good. Not that I thought it would be bad, but it was just every chance it got, it got like better. But in in like a surprising way, right? Yes. That's what I mean. Like it was very, very well done. It was extremely heartbreaking when they canceled it because they had already, they basically were going to be renewed because I think they covered it in that, in the insider interview with him where it was, it was part of that weird Netflix period where they were just like canceling everything that had been renewed already because of like COVID restrictions and what have you. Very, very good show. Super heartbreaking when it was canceled. So if this new universe that he's creating for Power Rangers is like even half as good as that. We are in very, very good hands right now. I mean, I don't even want to say cautiously optimistic right now. I'm just I'm optimistic. very optimistic. Mm-hmm. I'm just genuinely optimistic about the future for this franchise if someone like that is at the helm of it. I have to ask because I have not seen it's the end of the effing world or I haven't seen I'm not okay with this. I, I've not seen either of those, but I have heard good things. Even though I am not okay with this was canceled, is it still worth watching knowing that there will be no more story after that? Oh, 100%. Okay. It's a little disappointing, but it's still definitely worth watching. Okay. So for me, this feels like we may be spreading ourselves a little thin because you have a new live action movie, a new live action TV series. You have the new reported animation. There's the kids live action series. It just seems like there's going to be brand confusion from the general populace. I can see if they do action figures or whatnot of both series, you're going to have kids saying, Mommy, Mommy, for Christmas, I want the Power Ranger toys, and the mom might go out and get the wrong one. The sheer number of of products that we will have under this brand is kind of daunting for something where we've only ever had the one product under the brand. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's going to get confusing. I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, we're going to have a great success on our hands. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I watched Borat recently. And oh, so I'm like, no. I'm like, great success. Great success. <laughs> My wife. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's just awful. Um, but like, I'm I'm hoping that despite my trepidation, there's your five dollar word of the day of having this series be spread thin like this, that we will still see the franchise thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to new. the The thing that that has me the most curious would be the more older audience targeted live action series yes i i'm half expecting like a cw dc comics kind of level of show for that and Mm. 
with something like that, I think you could still get your fight scenes and your your costumes and your transformation scenes and all that. But like, would they really do Zord footage for something like that? Would they really do mm-hmm. big giant robots, or would they try to make it more realistic and be like, yeah, right, giant robots? That's not realistic. That's got to get the axe. I mean, they did it in Star Girl, and True. that's pretty darn good. Star Girl is fantastic, and I just saw today yeah. that they're going back for season two. Anyway, yeah. but like, yeah, it, it works for Star Girl because you really only have the one sort of giant robot. I mean, Stripe is only what twelve feet tall. Um, yeah. But my concern is that they're gonna go too heavy on the teen drama, kind of like the 2017 movie did. Mm-hmm. I don't get me wrong; I like the 2017 movie, but. When you rewatch it and you realize, man, they don't turn into Power Rangers until the last 20 minutes of the movie. For a Power Rangers movie, that's not good. Right, and we saw the blowback in the box office because of that. Exactly. So I think as long as they remember that they're making Power Rangers and not Riverdale Angel Grove or whatever town they set it in, then they'll be okay. Because that's what Mm -hmm. the fans of the franchise want. They want Power Rangers. They want goofy bad guy monsters. They want karate fighting. They want special effects. And they want cool-looking super suits and mecha and weapons and all Mm -hmm. that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, going off of what Zach said, I can see it being, like, a CW-style series with, like, Mm -hmm. the more mature themes, still having the whole superhero aspect. The whole worry that you have reminds me of, like, the expanded Marvel universe, how they have so many different properties. They have, like, the Disney, the new Disney Plus series coming that are tied off the movie universe. It's not quite, like, adult-oriented, but it's far more mature than some of the right. other Marvel properties they have going. Mm. So that's kind of what that reminds me of. Like, maybe they're striving to do something like that like the animated series, then the more mature television shows, the like movie universe. Yeah. My thoughts on this and Zach, you brought up a a good point where you mentioned that all of this universe might get a little brand confusion going on. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. I have to compare this to my other favorite fandom, Star Trek. With Star Trek, there was, after 2005, when Enterprise was canceled because the ratings were abysmal and and this and that, it was a different time in television, and four years later, they brought back Star Trek with the Kelvin J.J. Abrams movies, uh, the Kelvin universe, and it was through those movies where they started building up this resurgence in star trek and now under alex kurtzman you have who alex kurtzman much like jonathan entwistle in this case alex kurtzman became like the universe showrunner for star trek and i think he just renegotiated his contract through like 2027 so what happened with star trek is they started off with a new series they started off with discovery Discovery found its legs. It helped launch CBS All Access. It helped launch a streaming platform. And then we got, oh, here's season two. Here's Star Trek Picard. Here's Star Trek Lower Decks, which is an animated property. And Picard was tonally a different shift from Discovery. It was more interpersonal. It was more about the focus of one character. Star Trek Lower Decks, it's in canon 
but the tone is comedic. It's still Star Trek. There's deep, super referential cuts in canon, but it's still Star Trek. Then, you know, more Discovery. We have another spinoff with Captain Pike. There's another animated series with Captain Janeway. Kate Mulgrew is going to be leading that one, and that's specifically developed for Nickelodeon. We're all freaking out about that. And there's like at least, I think, two other series in development. So, Zach, I get your point about maybe there's going to be some brand confusion, but if they're taking the model that Star Trek is doing and if they're applying that to Power Rangers and if they're giving this guy control of that mm-hmm. and if they really want to build this universe across, like they said, animation, live action, television, movies, we already kind of have the beginnings of that now with Power Rangers. And we've had that for you know, the past four, almost five years in the comics. There's a comics continuity. There's Power Rangers has opened up in the television show the idea of a multiverse. And we talked all about that with Jason Bischoff. And it seems like hopefully they, I don't want them to throw away 27 years of lore of Power Rangers. I don't want that to happen. But I think if, and I think if Entwistle can find, yes, do a new universe, but still acknowledge that you have a multiverse of Power Rangers. Like don't, Mm -hmm. Don't ignore 27 years of a franchise. And I think if they take that approach of what like Star Trek is doing, because as a Trekkie, I've never been more happy in my entire life. After Discovery Season 3 ends, that will have been like 22 or, or 23 weeks of weekly Star Trek content. That's like half a year of new Star Trek episodes that I've been able to watch. So this like constant. Hey, there's a new show. There's a new episode. There's a new thing because the nature of television and animation, they've been able to stretch it out. So yeah, it seems like a lot, but we're still getting only one thing at a time. Picard was earlier this year. There was nothing else. Star Trek airing to compete with Picard. And then we got a full season of lower decks. Nothing was competing with it. And then as soon as Lower Decks ended, they moved straight on. And now we're going to have like 14 weeks of Star Trek Discovery. So if they take that approach where animation can take a year or more to produce and, you know, a movie, a television show, all these have different timetables where I think we might hopefully see that kind of timeline with power rangers that star trek has taken yes we will be getting a lot like oh four series and this and that and whatever but hopefully they can spread it out yeah you mentioning that eric it's like the whole marvel thing still kind of goes for me but Mm. what eric just mentioned that's more along the lines of what i was actually thinking if that makes any sense, just mm-hmm. the whole, like, all the different options that you have, none of them quite compete with each other. They're all connected, but you don't necessarily have to watch all of them, maybe. Right. It's almost like the Arrowverse. Like, you don't yeah. have to watch every show of the Arrowverse. You can mm-hmm. kind of stick to the one you want, but if you do drop into the Arrowverse, and watch everything, you get that richer tapestry as a fan. Yeah. 
it's just like more pieces to build on to the puzzle rather than like all pieces of the same puzzle. Right. Yeah. It's a tapestry. It's Yeah, yeah. It's all coming together. And that's why I'm more optimistic about this than not because no matter how you slice it hasbro just said with this announcement hey we're going to be building a new universe we're putting that with a director a producer that we have faith in and who's already proven himself with a couple of you know really successful projects So I think Hasbro making this move, now all the pieces are in place. They took their year and a half to really sink their teeth into the brand, play with it. Now we're seeing, for better or worse, we're now seeing Hasbro's full intention of what they want to do with Power Rangers. And people were worried about that. And this just kind of proves that we don't have to be. Because they clearly are investing in it. Mm-hmm. Like you guys said, there's definitely more optimism than pessimism with this. I think I'm just maybe a little bit more cautious than you guys. Because speaking from my other fandom, when Ghostbusters had their revival in 2016, there was talk of, we're going to do a Ghostbusters multiverse, and there's going to be this, and then there's going to be a TV show, and then there's going to... And none of it happened because unfortunately the 2016 movie flopped as hard as it did and so like do i want this multiverse of power rangers absolutely have i seen it fail before due to fan backlash yes and knowing this fandom if they do something that the fandom doesn't like the the vocal minority are gonna lose their minds and go nuts about it on twitter and ranger board and everywhere else So I completely see your point in that. And it is a way and see approach there. Absolutely. There's the possibility that this will crash and burn. It's possible. Jonathan Entwistle may come up with this whole plan. He turns it over to Hasbro and they're like, whoa, what the hell is this? You're done. And this press release might, might be moot in a year. We don't know. And it's perfectly valid if no one is optimistic with this or if you are or not that's perfectly valid because we don't know and i can understand there are fans out there that's like well if it's not the television show and if it's not using sentai and if it's just going to be mmpr reboot then i'm out i'm done that's perfectly valid some people are into power rangers because is it's an adaptation of japanese footage that's completely okay For me, that's less of a concern. And I know these past few months we've been hearing rumors, oh, is Toei not going to be involved? Is Sentai footage not going to be involved? Is it just going to be animated? Well, now with this news, we can have our cake and eat it too. We can have animated. We can still have the kids show. We can still have a Netflix CW whatever. We can still have a movie. Is there a possibility this will all crash and burn and be unsuccessful and that just kills the franchise harder than the 2017 movie almost did? Maybe. There is always that possibility. But Mm -hmm. as a Power Rangers fan, I'm not just into... Like, yes, it's cool. I think from a television standpoint, it's amazing that you can take footage from Japan, change it, and create your own product, and you can still have both. You can like Sentai. You can like Power Rangers. You can (laughs) like both. You can like neither. You can like one way more than the other. For me, 
I find that kind of level of television production and the unique problems that that faces, that's very fascinating to me. And I love that process. Saying that you're announcing a whole universe. Oh my God. This is like what, as a Ranger fan, I can only dream of. Like, yeah, like if all yeah. of this, if this, all of this fires off, we're going to be a podcast for the next five years. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we'll have stuff to talk about forever. <laughs> like it's the possibilities are basically almost endless now. I mean, mm-hmm. They kind of were before because that's the nature of possibilities. But now it's been like confirmed. Like there's all these different avenues that they're trying to create. They've got the power of E1 behind them now. Right. It's just the possibilities are endless. And I feel like with someone like Entwistle at the helm, mm-hmm. it's going to be okay. On the show. I mean, we had a whole episode, was it earlier this year? In February, we had a whole episode about pondering the future. AP, you were on that. We had Chris, we had Ken, we had Josh. And we were reacting to news where it didn't seem so great. Like, was Power Rangers going to be around for the next year? And we've done it on the show, too. We've talked about the possibility of it ending. We've talked about it being reborn when we found out news back in 2016 that there was going to be a new movie we talked about that things change especially in the world of television especially this time in our nation and in our world things change this whole discussion may be moot a year from now or it may be the whole basis of our podcast going forward we don't know but i can say i'm excited for the possibilities that this could bring on that note, kind of, if anybody, the whole concept of I am not okay with this, it's not quite superhero, but like the main character has powers and she's coming into them. And it's just mm. kind of how that affects her and how that affects her life. And it's fascinatingly good. And it's a little gory sometimes. Sure, sure, sure. Because um, it is like for mature audiences, it's on Netflix. It's not a children's show. Right, But it, it's got heart. It's got thought put into it. Very, very well done. And if anybody is just curious about Entwistle's capabilities, I highly encourage you to watch that if you're up for it. Because some people do not like mature audiences type stuff. But <laughs> right. if you're up for it, I highly, highly recommend it. And you'll see where I'm coming from, I believe. And from a fan perspective, how many fans and we as a fandom and us on this podcast have voiced our concerns about the quality of Power Rangers these last five, six, seven, ten years, mm. where yeah. the so-called Neo-Saban era, not the greatest quality and not something we're critically clamoring for. Beast Morphers has certainly turned that around a bit. I mean, I'm actually watching the show as it airs as opposed to avoiding huge <laughs> chunks of it until I need to watch it, i.e. Ninja Steel. <laughs> but as a fan, that's all I want. I want a story with heart. I want a story <laughs> with competent writing. I want a story that's going to push the boundaries. Power Rangers is never going to be full on gore. It's not Power Slash Rangers thing that came out. Oh, and I don't want it to be. And I don't want it to be. And and a a lot of us don't want it to be. So 
all I want, if if Entwistle, obviously they realize that this is a children's property and they realize that there's different demographics and that there's, you know, 38-year-old fans like me who grew up with this. So now that we're in this generational state of Power Rangers, you now have the opportunity to make it for different audiences and make different mm-hmm. audience projects for different audience. That's what they're doing with Star Trek. Yes, Discovery is rated TVMA. Picard is rated MA. They swear. That was something I had to get over because I wasn't used to swearing in Star Trek. But then you have a mature animation. And then you have another animation that's going to be targeted for kids and a younger demographic. I'm still going to watch it. I'm not a kid, but... You can still enjoy it. They they brought back my favorite captain. Of course I'm going to watch it. Of course. I'm right there with you. Kate Mulgrew forever. Yep. Uh, captain Janeway forever. When that announcement broke, I had tears because I was like, she's back. I can't believe she's back. That's why I'm saying, like, if Entwistle can bring that same level of focus to Power Rangers where mm-hmm. it's all the same universe, just like Star Trek, all the same prime timeline universe, but we can explore different parts of that universe with different storytelling methods. I'm mm-hmm. here for that all day. Yeah, completely. That's all I could ever want. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we're talking a little bit long, but I just want to mention this other point uh, that came up yesterday, and I'm I'm glad it came up yesterday because now we can talk about it today. <laughs> Related to this news, E1 and Hasbro have tapped Brian Edward Hill to write the new Power Rangers movie, which Entwistle commented on Twitter that you know he was excited for Brian to be part of the team. E1 and Hasbro have closed a deal to bring on Brian Edward Hill to write the Power Rangers feature film adaptation from director Jonathan Entwistle. E1 will develop and produce the project. Hill is a prolific African-American creator working in film, television, and comics. He recently adapted Black for Studio 8 slash Warner Brothers, penned Revenge of Magic for Stampede, and a rewrite of I Am Yours for Paramount. In television, he is currently co-producer on Greg Berlanti's new DC series, Titans. Over the last year, he has ran for some of the biggest comics for Marvel, DC, Top Cow, Boom, and Vertigo. Previously, he wrote Gone for Universal, Phantom for Paramount, and The Russian Specialist for New Image slash Millennium Films. He was born in Chicago and moved to St. Louis, Missouri as a child. Some of his IMDb credits include, as the aforementioned Titans for DC, he also freaking wrote for Ash vs. the Evil Dead. That's awesome. Ash vs. Evil Dead was a fantastic series. And I mentioned Boom Studios earlier. He is writing Boom Studios' uh, Angel comic spinoff. Oh, dang, those are so good. So you have this guy writing for Power Rangers now. It's going to be good. So I saw something from uh, Tyler Bozetsky. Mm. I think he, he commented to someone that, because someone mentioned, well, like how many, you know, black writers have there been for power rangers and apparently before this like one which is horrible 
So now we're getting the diversity. Now we're getting what we wanted. There's diversity in the writer's room. There's a different voice that will be able to tell these stories. Someone with experience. Someone with experience with like fandom nerdy stuff. That's what I want as well. (laughs) Right. And just looking at Brian's resume, researching all the work that he's done, he's worked in film, for television, for comics. If anyone's going to understand a shared universe that includes all of these elements, it's going to be this guy. I'm just, I'm super excited for that. It almost makes me think maybe the like older demographic TV show might be connected to the movie universe. Which would kind of be like the whole Titans, like DC type of thing. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's Greg Berlanti who did the CW Arrowverse. Yeah, this is good news. There's so many parallels with all of our favorite franchises, yeah. with with DC, with Star Trek, with Power Rangers. I don't know how anyone can take a look at this news and be like, well, Power Rangers is dead. Like, <laughs> It's not. Yeah, no, it's far from dead. With this news, it's not dead. And as a fan, that's all I wanted. I just want Power Rangers to get to 30 years. What a great round number. And if it keeps going after that, I mean, more power to the franchise. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm just excited for the possibility, like you said earlier, of it growing. The endless possibilities, different mediums, there's something for literally everyone now, because I know quite a number of people got into Power Rangers with the 2017 movie. They were never Mm -hmm. really into it before, and they watched that movie, and now they're they're into the franchise now. And Mm -hmm. it's just, there's going to be so many different entry points for people, and there's nowhere... If this succeeds, there's nowhere to go but up, in my right. opinion. Yeah. And if it was things like Hyperforce, like Hyperforce brought in people new to the franchise that never gave it a second chance. The comics have done the same thing. The comics yeah. brought back people who were only interested in MMPR. So creating more entry points, like you said, AP, that's a good thing. Yeah. We're going to actually get to our Ranger Nation answers where we asked, what is your initial reaction on Jonathan Entwistle? And once the news came out, Brian Edward Hill signing on to create new film and television projects for Power Rangers. On Twitter, Doug Eula at Ikibuli said, all we know is what he's done. Nothing indicates what he specifically plans to do. If popular nerd properties have taught us anything in the past decade, the right folks can come with wildly different resumes. I am comfortable waiting until we have something to actually chew on. Mm -hmm. That's right. Ken Glenn at the Ken Glenn said, not sure if Entwistle is right for the brand. I have no idea if he knows Power Rangers at all. I hope he has some sort of grasp or history with it. I do know that it's time to do something new and different in order to get the brand where we all want it to go. Bingo. Truth. Nightmare at Nightmare 10 said, cautiously optimistic. We've been getting little bits and pieces of information as the days go on, but overall I've had a wait until I see it kind of meh response. Hoping all of this will allow Power Rangers to get the respect I feel it deserves, but we'll see. Joshua Lantern at Living Ranger Key I will always support the franchise in whatever form it takes, but to be honest, I'm not that enthusiastic about this. We'll have to see how it goes. At Sentai 5 said, cautiously optimistic yet interested at the same time. I don't know if this is what PR needs until I see it for myself. Time will tell and hopefully it succeeds in whatever direction it's going. 
the main takeaway for me is kid-focused and older-focused content slash shows. The Ranger Chronicles podcast at Ranger Cron Pod said, My reaction was confusion. Does this confirm the Illuminati story about Hasbro and Toei breaking up? Will all this be separate from the main show, or is this the whole franchise? Still not 100% clear on what it all means, but I'm excited to find out. Joe Rovang at Rovang said, sounds promising. The idea of maybe being in the target demographic for once is pretty crazy, but whichever direction they go, it can't possibly fulfill everyone's wishes. At the A-Games 10 said, I was surprised when that happened. I then started becoming interested when some other versions of this article talked a bit on the new non-kid projects as well as saying Beast Morphers is a kid series. Edward Sanchez at Edward is the man said, this is very exciting news to the Power Rangers franchise, and I am so looking forward to seeing what Jonathan Entwistle is going to do with it. Josh the Toku fan at Shinkin Red 813 said, very excited, interested in what tone slash type of show the new older audience show will be. Hope it's original, but honors the almost 30-year legacy. Angelo Colby, Super Samurai 1 at Super Ranger, said, I'm really excited. It sounds like they're trying to construct a whole universe like what Disney is doing with their MCU movies and Disney Plus shows, which leaves me with the question, do you think they'll make this new PR content exclusive to a streaming service, and which one? I'm not going to get into that speculation. <laughs> That's all, all yeah. another episode. Yeah. Um, Mikey Perez at 254Mikey43 said, I'm excited for it. This is the change I've wanted for years. I hope Hasbro treats Power Rangers like Star Trek. Let's hope the fandom supports it, unlike the 2017 movie. Well, the fandom doesn't need this. I mean... 2017 movie had its own issues that went well above the fandom, but yeah, yeah. I get what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan at Metal Gear Ryan said, very excited to see what he brings to the table. The end of the effing world is one of my favorite shows ever, so I trust him completely. Danny Lavery at Danny Lavery 9 said, very excited to see this new phase for the Power Rangers franchise. Hopefully this will re-energize it. Baby G at Suave Rico underscore says, I guess cautiously optimistic, but honestly, I'm not cautious because I'm excited. I have faith, and this is exactly what the franchise needs. Tired of the kiddie stuff. Writer Club at Writer Club Maine said, I liked it, and it's a good sign. Denura Ravindra at TDR1411 said, as long as he doesn't divide fans, then it's all good. I mean, I don't care who's in charge. There's always going to be division among yeah. fans. <laughs> it's the nature of fandom, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Mason T. Merrill at Mason Merrill said, I'm not familiar with his work, but I'm glad to hear they're not abandoning the franchise and fan base or sticking to the same old formula. The entertainment portion of the franchise is in need of a shakeup, and I'm optimistic for what's in store. Heading over to Facebook, Chris... Boothroy said, is it Entwistle or Entwistle? I don't like giving people total control of properties. It screams, we don't know what to do. Here, you do it. That and I had to look up what this guy has done, and I'm still unfamiliar with his work. Steven Zarita said, considering the terms reboot universe and from scratch have been floating around in the news around this, I hope they don't mean they're discarding the first 29 years of continuity to make all their changes and will make a show in a completely isolated multiverse. With how each new season is already a soft reboot, 
no reason why the 30th anniversary season and beyond can't be in that same continuity, but with a new built-from-the-ground-up formula to the writing and production. That said, I'm very happy to hear that he's going pretty in-depth with this process, especially with an interconnectivity between movies, TV, and animation. I think we might be getting a similar kind and amount of power interest to Star Trek on CBS All Access when these plans come to fruition. Boom, see? People know what's up. Yeah, My people, truckies know what's they're up. They're latching onto the... And you know what? Honestly, it's an apt comparison. I apologize, Zach, because <laughs> this is a long one. To be fair, I have a longer one after you, so... yeah, That's fine. And and to be fair, Adam did mention in the actual comment thread, he's like, sorry, I wrote a novel. And yeah. it's like, no worries, bro. It happens. Uh, Adam, I'm not going to try and even butcher your last name, but we know him as Little Adam on... Uh, 87. Little, Adam, Little 87. Adam 87 on Twitter. Great guy, fun guy. Here's his novel. <clears throat> I honestly feel mixed about the news. I haven't watched either of the shows that he has directed, but I have watched the trailers. It seems like both shows skew more towards the tone of the 2017 Power Rangers movie. In my opinion, that's a good thing because Power Rangers' biggest obstacle has always been the way it has been written. It's why the Boom Studios comics have been a breath of fresh air and liked by almost all in the fandom. The characters feel much more lifelike rather than what is featured on the TV show. On the other hand, this also seems as if Hasbro is willing to throw out everything that makes Power Rangers unique in the television landscape. The reason that Power Rangers made such an impact when it debuted was the fact that it was a live-action superhero show. Nowadays, there are a lot of those, though they mainly skew towards an older audience. If the show goes exclusively animated, then it loses its distinctiveness. Many animated superhero or sci-fi shows for kids already exist and feature much more popular characters. An animated show may fare better if it ran concurrently to a live-action show. It would help diversify and grow different audiences rather than investing in one type of show. To round out this already long comment, my apologies, Power Rangers is defined by the designs it adapts from its Super Sentai roots. For all the flack the 2017 movie designs get, they were still Power Rangers. What do Power Rangers and their Zords look like if purely designed by Hasbro? Are they still colorfully spandexed superheroes that aren't overly complicated, or are they more in line with the powerful Rangers? Too many questions that will only be answered in due time. I'm not sure the designs were ever the issue that kept people away from the brand. However, it seems as if Hasbro wants to start completely from scratch. I'm not sure what that means for the previous 29 years of Rangers, but I hope that they will be integrated within the new brand blueprint. Regardless, I look forward to what the future holds. If I don't happen to like what Hasbro is doing, I still have Super Sentai. As for today's news about the hiring of Brian Edward Hill to write the PR movie, I think it's a good fit. I'm familiar with his comics works, but I've taken a look at his background, and he has worked as a peer counselor for at-risk youth as well. Seems to reflect with his work on Titans, and I'm sure that experience will come into play as he works on this movie. Optimistic. That was so well done, Adam. Adam, that's yes. like, that's bravo, man. Golf clap. That is that is more <laughs> eloquently put than I think anything I've read all week. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that's saying a lot. So equally long comment by Joshua Aaron Moore on Facebook. This is super, super long. So I'll start with the TLDR. Too long, didn't read. I'm all in. 
The Power Rangers TV show has become stagnant, in my opinion. Now, in one respect, that's totally fine. It's aimed at 3 to 10-year-olds, many of whom see whatever current iteration of the brand is ongoing as their introduction to Power Rangers. And if they get a good time out of it, terrific. I've been watching since 1993, though, and even the best parts anymore feel tired. It's perfectly fine for longtime fans to seek and get pleasure from the TV show as is, but there's increasingly too much else involving the brand with which to engage for me to feel compelled to keep paying mind to a television show that, over the last decade, has, to me, had many more misfires than hits. What I've seen of Beast Morphers, the premiere, some clips, and the three Dino crossover episodes seems really good, but between it being difficult to watch legally, thanks Nickelodeon, and mostly sticking to the same shticks the show has stuck to for decades, episodic plot device that will probably never be revisited or called back to, monster of the day shenanigans, rushed overly CGI Zord battle, etc. I just don't feel like I have to see the newest episodes of Power Rangers. That'd maybe be different if, say, the Boom Studios comics didn't exist, or if I couldn't readily access my favorite seasons via DVD or Netflix, but those things are a reality, and one that I think Hasbro needs to accept. The Netflix point is bigger than I think we all realize. Kids can watch whatever season of Power Rangers they want to, and they, especially the youngest, might see a season like Samurai and not think it's too dissimilar from Beast Morphers, and completely disregard the latter for the former. That's not a problem Power Rangers as a brand ever had to face prior to the Saban Brands era, and really not fully until the middle of it. And we saw how it handled the situation. Take the money and run, y'all. It sounds like, based on what little we've learned about the direction Hasbro is heading, they're accepting that reality and wanting to do something completely fresh. It also sounds like it'll be more multifaceted, with more content geared at multiple age demographics. If any or all of it looks little like Power Rangers as we come to know what it looks like, I'm cool with that. I've seen nearly 30 years worth of what Power Rangers as we've come to know it, and those episodes aren't going anywhere. You'll have to pry my Legacy Collection DVDs from my cold, dead hands. Let's see where else this franchise can go with its storytelling when given a longer leash. Worst case scenario, we get another decade worth of shows, movies, etc. that prove to be failures, and Hasbro sells off the brand to another investor who still clings to the dream of rekindling that 1993 spark. Probably Saban Brands, of course. <laughs> wow. That was really good, Josh. Yeah. Thanks for being our number two longest and well-thought-out comment. <laughs> uh, Wes John Honstein said... I'm a little bit scared that he'll ruin it because of his past work projects, what they were. But however, only time will tell. All we can ask is that he keeps the show clear of a inappropriate language for the younger and young adults, teenagers alike, and make it more action-adventure appealing to the younger fan. May the fourth be with him. Yep. Okay. <laughs> certainly a comment. RJ Scott said, I'm very excited for this. In my opinion, this has been the change that Power Rangers has needed for many years now, and I'm glad we are finally getting it. I feel like he will make Power Rangers something really special. 
Midwest Tokusatsu said, My biggest question is what's his knowledge on the franchise overall? If it's not much, one of us should be hired to give him a crash course. And I say no to that. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) We all know my thoughts. Uh, look, I'll just say, I don't think we need a fan writing for this show. No, no. Yes, we do have fans writing for the comics, like like Kyle, like Ryan. They were fans just like you and me growing up. But they're using their own storytelling, their own way of writing to bring something special to the Power Rangers universe mm-hmm. based on the past 30 years. That's what I want. I don't need someone with encyclopedic knowledge that claim themselves as an expert writing for the show because those writers, the writers that they're bringing on with Brian Edward Hill with Jonathan Entwistle, they're bringing their own experience and the stories that they want to tell. If they want to connect to other series, there are people at Hasbro probably much like what they have at Enway that have access to a whole library of what Power Rangers is. Mm -hmm. If a fan wants to write for this show, don't write for Power Rangers because you want to write Power Rangers. Become well-rounded in television writing because the last thing I want is a Power Rangers fan that all they write about is Power Rangers writing for Power Rangers because then... It becomes fanfic at that point. It doesn't... well. I, I'm not I'm not dismissing fanfic. No, because... that's not what I'm doing either. But it's right. like at some point, and I've said this on Twitter, and I'm sorry if I'm completely derailing you right now, Eric. But no, right. at some point, it's like, do you want to make product that you claim to love better? Or do you just want to make the product that you claim to love the product that you want to say? Do you want to be on board to make it what you want? Or do you want to be on board to put your own experience towards it and make it better and more well-rounded and just bring more into it. I mean, my thoughts aren't really connecting right now for some reason, but I think people can kind of understand what I'm saying. Yeah. You shouldn't want to write so badly for something that that's like your end goal. Right. Because I think people can see through that too. They can see through that attitude and I'll always remember something that Jason Bischoff said. I I, I brought him up quite a bit in this episode, but he does have some good points. And one of the things he said in one of our past interviews was that his goal wasn't, hey, cool, I get to work on Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. It was always, hey, I have a specific goal in mind. I eventually want to be writing or be working on a brand that I believe in. Yeah. And so to get to that goal or to get to, hey, I want to be an executive producer of a show, then you have to make sure that your career path starts hitting the targets so that you can center in on the target of what you actually want to be. Like you can't just go from, hey, I like talking about Power Rangers to I want to control the entire franchise of Power Rangers. If you become a successful television writer and then you are given the opportunity or a chance mm-hmm. to write for Power Rangers, it comes along because of opportunity. Opportunity and talent. Opportunity and talent, which is what they're going for with Ent Whistle and Hill in this case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have already established their credibility as writers, as producers, as directors. It just so happens Power Rangers 
is a brand that they are interested in and maybe grew up with them as a kid. I'm not saying you can't have goals to ultimately do something. It's just the odds of leaping directly to that goal are very, very slim without building yourself up on the way. And that's not to say that people who do achieve their goals very fast don't deserve it. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that. I just feel like you should have to earn it. And then your final product will be much more like well-rounded and informed by your previous experiences. And more authentic, I feel. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to Instagram, Arasef said, I'm impressed by his resume and excited for the possibilities. However, there's a lot of things that we don't yet know for sure about the future of the mainline PR franchise. The kids' ones, not his young adult projects. And these Hasbro releases are lawyerly worded to keep that unknown. Whatever issues we have with the current regime or with Nick, PR as a kid's show is something unique, and I'd like to have it around and cranking out new episodes when and if I have a kid someday. I hope there is room in Hasbro's plans for that to be the case. Oh, I'd also add that for better or worse, this is a sign that Hasbro is in it for the long haul. With what they paid for the show, you'd think they'd have to be. But the plan's existence helps soothe me. I think we all, as PR fans, have an anxiety about change in the franchise. That the show has been canceled or nearly canceled so many times has left us averse to change. Well, that's a very good point. Jack Keeley 18 says, not excited, never heard of this guy. The recent movie had the Lionsgate pedigree, but that movie's performance led Saban to selling the whole thing to Hasbro. I want results before I celebrate. I don't know exactly what he means about Lionsgate pedigree. Uh, if that just means the director and some of the writers, cool. But um, or like the studio, I don't know. or the studio. But it wasn't just Lionsgate. Like yeah. Saban Brand still had heavy influence yeah. in that movie. If you've never heard of the guy, then maybe watch some of his stuff. Maybe dive into what these people's careers are about. No one has to, but I think it's doing a disservice to the news if we just, like, hand wave it away. Yeah, like, I don't know who he is. I don't care. Right. Fifth underscore Noble said, Decently excited, but don't want our Rangers to be oversaturated with quirkiness. LOL. Oh, and now it's AP's turn to read a big comment. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Um... Julio Coolio 6 said, there's a lot to unpack with this news, and we still don't have a clear picture of everything. But personally, I believe the future of Power Rangers is shining. This new approach is PR mimicking what Marvel did in brand expansion. While comics are their mainstay, they're now more known for their shows and movies. Many people talk about the MCU, but this can be traced back to the 90s animated shows, X-Men, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, and 2000s movies, Spider-Man, Blade, Hulk. I can tell you firsthand this type of approach works. As a child, I knew who Wolverine, Dr. Doom, and Hulk were through their various representations in media. Concerning how this plays into the split rumors, this could mean many things. I think Sentai will stick around with PR in some way, as Hasbro's press release mentioned, kid, beast morphers, and non-kid movie projects. Since we know the adaptation will no longer be the main focus of the brand, that decreases Toei's influence in a sense, so it could be a split of the traditional model. They could also license out suits every so often instead of annually, 
say Dino Fury premieres in 2021, but a Kira Ranger show doesn't happen until 2024. Those years can get filled up with other projects. Dragon Ball Super ended in 2018, but the brand still thrives with the manga and video games. It's Hasbro telling Toei, I'll call you when I need you instead of I'll call you every year. Given my experience from other brands, I think we could expect Power Rangers to grow a lot stronger than before. Another well-thought-out comment. I love our listeners. Our listeners, like, they're fantastic. Absolutely. They're so eloquent and so well thought out with what they have to say on the topics that we bring up for discussion. Yep. Okay. Underscore Smithsonian says, I mean to take it as a win for now. We went from thinking they, Hasbro, were giving up on the brand to seeing they aren't done with it yet. It's always a 50-50 chance that you're going to like what they do with the next season anyway, so let's not treat it any different now that someone new is at the helm. Hope for the best, and if any of it is not your groove, there's always the comics. Hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully. for many more years to come oh, hopefully. with the comics. Yeah, the comics are pretty great. Jungle Karma Pippa said, I got excited about Power Rangers for the first time in a long time. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> All right. Really appreciate everyone commenting on this. As soon as we know any more new information, you know we'll talk about it on Ranger Command. Now let's get to the main reason we're here, although this has already gone on. This is a superfluous reason at this point. (laughs) Yeah. So it is Halloween when you listen to this. We're actually releasing it the day of on Halloween, which is a Saturday. Life's a Masquerade. This is episode 25 of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the 25th season of the first season. Release date, October 30th, 1993, written by Cheryl Saban, who wrote 18 episodes of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and one episode of VR Troopers. She also wrote and produced Alpha's Magical Christmas, which occasionally uses flashback footage from this very episode. Obviously, she is also the wife of Haim Saban. This was directed by Robert Hughes, who directed 20 episodes of MMPR and went on to be the producer of Big Bad Beetleborgs, Master Rider, and VR Troopers. So this is a commentary episode meant to serve as an episode commentary like what you would find on a DVD or a riff track for maximum enjoyment. Please watch along with us again. We are watching mighty Morphin power Rangers season one, episode 25 life's a masquerade on Netflix. At the time of this recording, this episode is available on Netflix and the various DVD box sets that are out there for this episode. Ernie's throwing a costume party at the angel Grove youth center. Alpha 5 becomes a surprise guest when he wants to hang out with his beloved friends. To keep the Rangers and Alpha busy, Rita creates a Frankenstein monster to crash the party. So, on the count of three, we will hit play to start and talk all about this episode. But first, one little note, and this is something that Zach brought up when we are discussing this episode. This episode aired after Gung Ho. But that episode dealt with and completed the Super Putty storyline. Technically and chronologically, Gung Ho should have aired after Life's a Masquerade. However, Fox most likely wanted a Halloween-themed episode airing closer to the actual holiday. The DVDs, iTunes, and Netflix 
do place Gung Ho after Life's a Masquerade. To clear up any episode numbering confusion, there it is. All right, so uh, do we have it all queued up? I believe so. AP, you good? AP's muted again. I'm muted. Gosh, (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) I think I did that during the questions and answers. Yeah, I've been unmuting, or I've been muting when people are reading their answers, too. Okay, no more of that. No more muting. We're We're, we're all, mics on, mics are hot from this point on. Mics are hot. (laughs) So on the count of three, we will hit play to start. One, two, three. Uh, I think we've said all we can about the intro for Mighty Morphin yeah, Power Rangers. Really. <laughs> but it's exciting. I always love it. Yeah. It's just it's uh-huh. that great riff, and the editing is so good. I love the uh, epi- epileptic seizure I get from the logo coming in <laughs> and out when they do the... <laughs> Brings back memories, though. Just being a kid. Oh, yeah. Similar times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll always remember... Oh, yeah, this- Sorry, go ahead. This is a f- this is a few episodes after uh, Green with Evil. Yeah. So yeah, Tommy is part of the Tommy team. is part of the intro. Yep. Uh, yeah, the Christmas of Power Rangers that was Christmas 1993. <laughs> that is a big scary clown face. Yes, it is. Oh, Ooh, that's a horribly disgusting clown face on the wall. The purple one, yeah. <laughs> And the blue one that Kim is painting? What are these faces? Like These look like Mardi Gras faces, not Halloween faces. <laughs> you know, it's probably when they filmed it, and that's all they could get at the party store. <laughs> oh, the, the big mustache. Oh, is this Angela? Hey, hey Angela. Everyone's hooking up at this Halloween party. Right? You know, I we don't see bulk wear the leather jacket all that much. Like I usually it's the jean jacket, right? Yeah. I just thought it was funny. Why is that paint so thick? <laughs> it's like marshmallow fluff. <laughs> Yes, ghosts are scary thoughts. <laughs> oh, yes. Mm, yes. <laughs> I like how is the very nastiest is just like a Frankenstein yeah, like, guy. That's what always threw me about this episode is Power Rangers always had these really creative monsters. But a Halloween is just it's it's literally just Frankenstein. Obviously not Sentai footage in that instance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> which which would probably be the precursor to uh uh, Big Bad Beetleborgs when they had the, the, the Frankie guy. Yeah, Frankenbeans. 
Yeah, Frankenbeans. Oh, hey, who's everyone's favorite costume out of this? I mean, come bunch? on. Yeah, Billy is Billy. Sherlock Holmes. That's fantastic. Billy. Yeah. Although I, I will say Zach is looking very fly as King Tut. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about this whole subplot of them trying to find costumes. I, I forgot uh, Bulk and Skull's room. What is that? <laughs> I actually really like this. <laughs> like it works. Like it really works. Oh man, you can tell they had fun with this. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh. My back. <laughs> It doesn't even look Outside like a monster, of... though. That's the worst part. It just looks like a dude yeah. in a mask. It weirdly looks like JDF in a mask. It does. Which, which he is at the end of this episode. They confuse him, remember? Or, yeah, they confuse him with the monster. Yeah. Yo, Angela. You want to dance? Go back to your tomb. Huh? Dang, that was a diss. <laughs> Uh, Austin St. John doing his best uh, men in tights impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Their costume party is just them. Yeah. <laughs> Although not digging Trini in the Native American as yellow costume. Not not great. I know she's supposed to be Pocahontas, but. Not great. This is so wholesome on Alpha's part. Just be like, oh yeah, it's Halloween, and I can. Why does it look like Billy was just hitting on Alpha? <laughs> <laughs> like this looks like a splendid costume. Eyebrow raise. <laughs> eyebrow raise. <laughs> Oh, I, I love this, like, you know, two episode thing that with the super buddies and never mentioned again. Yep. <laughs> and it doesn't turn out that they're just like harder. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's because the next it. episode deals with the Thunder Slingers, right? Yeah. That's become an infamous gif. <laughs> it's like, where is Tommy? Now they could definitely mistake him as Tommy because that guy lunged for the person uh, <laughs> trying to take Kim. And it's actually terrifying that this is one of Rita's monsters. Like, if he could, couldn't he just, like, 
kill all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and now it's just like, hey, here's comedy. <laughs> okay, there we go. But yeah, Fencer, you need to work on your monsters. And I want to know what kind of like toy gun is that? It looks right? like a weird airplane. Billy's like, I'm the only one that can handle this. Dude, you, you've got a communicator. God, this is so bizarre. <laughs> in what way? <laughs> it's in every way. <laughs> Pick, it's bizarre in that way. Dude, dude with like a headpiece on. There's like not even any like makeup on the rest of him really, except for the gray. And, and you know what? When when we see the Megazord footage, I mean, that's really how he looked in the Sentai, too. It's bad. Yeah. It is easily the cheapest, cheesiest costume for a monster in this season. Although, although from what I've, like, read, because I haven't seen the Jew Ranger episode of this, like, when he gets destroyed by the Megazord, there's, like, some weird, gruesome transformation and it's like super gross, and he transforms into a different creature. That apparently they saved the footage for a different episode of Mighty Morphin. So that's why in this episode the Zord footage is is kind of janky because they swing their sword and the explosion comes from like a different scene because they wanted to save the other footage for that other monster. Billy, why did you go at it alone? But I, I, I did like his molecular transformation line. Yeah. Oh, he just took out his neck bolts? <laughs> yep. Oh, that's kind of nasty. <laughs> oh, jeez. That just gave me, like, the heebies. Well, the fact that they pull it out of, like, and there's, like, a perfectly cut circle. <laughs> yeah. That looks like a beetle, a dung beetle rolling. <laughs> <laughs> that is so bad. <laughs> See, this is terrifying. Why couldn't you lead the episode with that? Have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you running? You have a communicator. You can teleport. <laughs> right. Mm. <laughs> There's many options here. Mm, Sentai footage. Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, we're in California. Yep. Tommy hasn't shown up yet. 
communicators? Communicators again. <laughs> communicators. This this could all be dealt with very quickly with communicators. Oh my god, I never noticed Alpha 5's spinning head. <laughs> That's even more terrifying than the, uh, the Frankenstein monster. Mm-hmm. Alright guys, it's time for the JDF Karate class with the Putty Patrollers. I really want to like shout out the foley work. Every time they hit a putty, it sounds so satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> Say that with more enthusiasm, Jason. <laughs> I I do appreciate though the Frankenstein's like jerky fighting movements. Yeah. That's some good choreography. Yeah, it really just is a dude with a bit of yep. bit of stuff on his head, and that's a monster <laughs> for the week. <laughs> Why he hasn't been beaten yet? <laughs> now. Wow! Does Netflix subtitles said? Get his Megazord Pro. The subtitles on Netflix <laughs> no. must be going off of the ones on the Legacy Collection because it said the exact same thing. Wow. Get his Le- Megazord Pro. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Netflix, you might want to take another crack at the subtitles there. Wow! That just said collar up. Yep. Collar up. Megazord sequence initiated. Megazor, yeah, the Mr. D there. Good lord, these DVD subtitles. Granted, this might be the closed captioning that was hard-coded into the original Masters. Maybe. But this is horrible. I always like it when it's an obvious dude fighting the Megazord. Right. You, you get such a scale of like the actual Megazord suit from the Sentai. Oh, that that's terrifying. Sword just bounced right off of him. Yep. I love how the Japanese... Um Frankenstein's uh, monster head is more of like a flat top than the other one. <laughs> oh, like... yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been able to reach you this whole time. <laughs> Now you're going to get stomped by the Dragon Zord. Yep. Oh, 
Oh. I just like floating doll Rita. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> floating doll Rita on the little ball of poo. Yep. What an appropriate Halloween episode. <laughs> uh. Ooh. If it's sparking that much, it's bad. Yeah, that's a bad sign. <laughs> 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 it's just so dumb. It's so hey, hey, Tommy, you can get here at any time. Whoa, did you guys see the bit of the backdrop in that shot? Yeah, that's, that's horrible. That's terrible. Yeah, it's Dragon Sword time. <laughs> and guess what, guys? That was Sentai footage, so it's just as bad sometimes in the Sentai as it is in Power Rangers. Yep. Good old television production. Although I will say, for being a stupid monster, Frankenstein is really holding his own. I mean, <laughs> they had to make him that way. Otherwise, he would have been a stupid looking monster with a weak power set. <laughs> oh, fire breath. What? Oh, there's those oh my freaky gosh, bolts. No. <laughs> oh. oh, that's so nasty. Look at my neck holes. <laughs> Ew, I'm a cringing Eric. <laughs> oh, my favorite part. I love this combination. Yeah, it's a good combination. Clunk. I had the Mega Dragon Zord when I was a kid. I had both of them. Yeah. Forever regret selling them. But that was like my favorite toy. It was always my yeah. favorite thing when they did it in the show. So I'd bring out my my Dragon Zord and my Megazord, and I'd combine them, and it was just <laughs> nice. I like to imagine the Tyrannosaurus Zord is just hanging off in the corner of the screen, having a cigarette or something like that. Eh, <laughs> you don't need me. <sighs> you guys got this. Oh, this is so brutal. That's not oh. great. <laughs> yeah, some bad CGI, but like... Ugh. I just remember that finisher being so brutal because of how humanoid Frankie is. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then having a hole in the middle of him. Yeah. That's bad. That's that's one of those moments where it's, that's surprisingly violent for our <laughs> Rangers. Everyone's still just casually at the party. Like, I don't... Yep. <laughs> This is my costume. I'm a douche. Who are you? Like, How did he get into that so fast? And with the makeup, like, speaking from experience, makeup to that extent takes hours. <laughs> and they only just fought the monster today. Like, how did he know what it would look like? 
I think he and Rita shop at the same Spirit Halloween store. <laughs> I'd like to find out myself. Skull, give me a can opener. This is one mystery that'll have to remain unsolved. Sorry, lady. Skull's just carrying around a can opener. Well, when you hang around with someone like Ball, yeah, I, mean... I think Skull's jacket is just like <laughs> Mary Poppins's bag. Okay. okay. Well, uh. Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. That was, uh... That was a thing. That was an episode. <laughs> yep. Yep, sure was. It's, it's early Mighty Morphin. What What can you expect? To some, the Holy Grail of Power Rangers. Not to me, though. Yeah. I, I, in hindsight, maybe we should have watched the Pumpkin Rapper episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, this uh, this episode has gone on long enough. So much and so I'm probably going to have to change the title because we talked about more about the news than this episode, uh, this particular episode of Power Rangers. But it's all good. I think we're going to have another interesting year of Power Rangers news. Mm-hmm. We don't have much to say more about this episode. Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph, rangercommandpowerhour, all one word, on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at truckyb 47 You can find me on Twitter at secretrangerfan. And I am on Twitter at... Zach Lavoy, and I am on TikTok at Hollywood Zach. Nice. Very nice. We want to thank everyone uh, for listening to Ranger Command. If you do enjoy the show, we ask that you leave a comment or a review on whatever podcast app that you listen to. If it's Apple Podcasts, we got a, a great review from our friend Craig on Apple Podcasts, so we appreciate his five-star review very much. So you can find all of that on our website, links to leave a review either on Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. So because it is Halloween, if you have kids of the Halloween age, or if you yourself are a younger individual, or if you're a responsible adult, we hope that everyone has a safe Halloween. I don't even know how people are doing it now in, in COVID mode. I'm just going to load candy into a t-shirt yeah. cannon and fire it from my front door. That works. Okay. Yeah, that works for me. <laughs> just like toss candy at kids from your front door. I don't know. Overhand style. Um, now pitching. <laughs> right. <laughs> So everyone stay safe, be responsible, and just have a very happy Halloween because it's not often that it's on a Saturday. So (laughs) thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Ranger Command. Bye, everybody. Until next time. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www dot rangercommand.com follow us on twitter at rangercommandph like us on facebook and instagram at rangercommandpowerhour ranger command is also on patreon become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks 
By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks for listening.